0: what's up badda fam welcome back to the show i'm your host miles and wow what a day we have on the markets we have bitcoin absolutely exploding we have altcoins also breaking out left right and center so in today's show i want to answer the question that i'm sure is on everyone's lips is this pump sustainable and if it is, what altcoins should we be getting into? How should we be positioning ourselves and playing this rally? So I'm going to go through my chart levels to show you exactly what I am seeing in terms of the higher time frame stuff, also the shorter time frame coins that I think um, can have a good chance of running. And then I'm going to go through a coin that I am buying um, uh, and give you my exact buy plan, as well as looking at two airdrop opportunities. Um, which I think are uh, quite enticing off the black of the Blur airdrop yesterday. So it is going to be an alpha pack show as usual. There's tons and tons and tons to talk about. Also at the end, I will be doing a Q&A session to answer any questions you may have because I'm sure um, I'm sure your mind's racing right now as mine is with with a lot of activity um, coming back into the market. Just before we get into the Bitcoin chart and talk about what actually happened with Bitcoin last night to cause this massive pump. Um, I just want to point out one thing. This is a narrative space game right now. Narrative trading is really the the hot game in town. And this is something I've been saying for the past couple of weeks. And we can see this because just by looking at the crypto bubbles, um, top 100, Uh, best performers over the last day. We can see Optimism coming in at 17% leading the pack. That's obviously uh, running off the back of the L2 narrative. You've got ZK coins like Mina performing extremely well. Um, You've also got uh, Liquid Staking derivatives like Lido and Frax performing well. So the top performers right now tend to be the ones uh, that have relative strength off the back of very strong trends. So I think being able to identify the trends in the market is super important. This is something that I hope I've been able to help you guys with over the past few weeks as we've um, successfully identified to fight a lot of these narratives, but um, it's also something that I'm going to continue doing going forward in these shows to you know, help position you in the market, but also give some context around you know why things are running and why things are performing really well. So it's just interesting to see in the top 100 that there are some strong um, outperformers and that is for good reason. So the first question I want to answer is, why did Bitcoin pump last night? Now it was really, or this morning if you're in uh, Australia, now it's really a mix of, of, of a few different things. Um, the first thing I want to say is that the market was starting to get a bit euphoric to the downside. There were a lot of bears uh, starting to get euphoric on Twitter, and also the short ratio started to increase significantly. So we can see on Coinglass here that a lot of shorts actually got wrecked. Um, 93% shorts got liquidated um, for $81 million, and over the last 24 hours, $173 million were liquidated, mostly on the short side. So I think there were shorts starting to pile up. People didn't really trust the pump. Didn't respect the pump. And that's one of the reasons why the move to the upside was more explosive. Also, as I said in yesterday's show off the back of CPI, there was a major divergence between between the US two-year treasury yield and the NASDAQ and equities, which resulted in an overextension from crypto. And this pump has continued. Off the back of the CPI. Basically, the market just does not really care uh, about the CPI print. In fact, the market wants any excuse to be bullish right now. um, And we've been able to see that for quite some time, given the price action of Bitcoin, at least over the last month, um, being in a bullish continuation pattern. The market wanted an excuse to continue that pattern. So the price action was a major indicator um, after we got a relatively flat CPI that the market wanted to be bullish. But I think this candle um, took a lot of people by surprise. And although I said in yesterday's show I, I was expecting if we could reclaim key levels that we'd continue to the upside i don't think i quite expected the upside to happen this quickly i was expecting maybe over the next week you know we'd gradually climb up i didn't really expect in in just a few hours that we'd get one massive green candle all the way almost up to range highs. But um, I guess that's how crypto works. It, it tends to wreck you if you're on the wrong side of it, uh, and it tends to significantly benefit you if you're on the right side of the pump. So you always have to respect the trend in crypto, and there's no reason to trade against the trend. And that's exactly why if we go into the higher time frame on the daily, um, the, the trend is still bullish, and that's why we trade with the trend. Um, we trade narratives uh, in, in line with how Bitcoin is performing. We saw we bounced off the... Um, 200 MA on the daily. We successfully retested as well in confluence with this horizontal range at the 21.5. That was a really, really, really strong support um, support to provide the foundations for the next leg up. Then, of course, we did get that massive pump um, over the last 24 hours to the upside of 13%. Now, Bitcoin, if we do look at the charts, it's approaching range high. Now, this is a very, very critical zone for Bitcoin um, to break if you are a bull. Um, And it's also a very, very important level for us to get rejected off if you are a bear. So we're a few percent off making a massive decision. And right now is an extremely important um, time for Bitcoin and the market as a whole to make its decision. Because if we break out above this range here and retest on the 25, then we're going straight to 28 to 30k in my opinion. Like that is extremely on the cards. Um, the only thing that makes me skeptical of going to 30k is the fact that that's a number that gets chucked around a lot it's a whole number which makes me kind of think uh to an extent that the market w- would prefer to top out around 28k that's just my prediction anyway but still like a move from 25 to 28 would see altcoins explode it would see three four x's across the top narratives like ai zk um lsds would explode like all those strong coins we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks those would be the top performers if bitcoin um had a significant breakout above range high now, you also have the chance um we do get rejected here so you have to be a little bit careful longing into um into resistance because you know if we do get rejected then of course it it can be expected for us to come down back down to this 23 zone um the only real positive in that case for altcoins would be you can get a scenario where bitcoin just kind of ranges bounces ranges like this and kind of chops up and down um but altcoins actually outperformed during that period Um, because that's where the liquidity wants to flow. So consolidation is okay for Bitcoin because that shows the market is comfortable. What you don't want for Bitcoin is choppiness. Um, in terms of having huge weeks to the downside like this and then back up and then huge weeks to the downside, because that's when the market tends to panic. and, And during times of panic, people don't want to be in altcoins. but when things are looking good, we have nice setups. Um, You know, we have consolidation. Even if that is below major resistance, at least that gives you a bit of breathing room from the altcoin trader's perspective to be able to trade alts freely without having to panic too much. The really interesting thing about this pump, though, was the fact that Bitcoin actually led this pump. So if we look at Bitcoin dominance, we can see Bitcoin dominance absolutely exploded to the upside to the 44%. Region And a lot of alts actually lost strength versus Bitcoin. So for the first time in a while, this was actually a Bitcoin led pump. We've seen other major pumps in the market result in Bitcoin losing steam. Like at the start of February, look at what Bitcoin dominance did here. It absolutely tanked while alts were ripping. And then we had other um, periods of extension from the old coins in Ethereum where Bitcoin dominance absolutely tanked. Well, this is uh, you know, in stark contrast to those scenarios where the market is ripping, but Bitcoin is actually leading the pump. And this is a very good sign. It's actually a healthy sign for the market because what it means is that you're getting more liquidity, outside liquidity, coming into the market and filtering into the large caps. Now, what tends to happen with the, rota- with the rotation game is you get funds going into the large caps like Bitcoin and ETH. And then you see a rotation into the mid caps, the small caps, and then lastly, you know, the, the real micro caps start to explode. And the fact we're kind of getting a resetting of the cycle here with a Bitcoin pump, a liquidity injection, um, and then also a dominance rise as well in tandem with, with the Bitcoin rise means that we're setting up almost for a new uh, mini cycle, at least in the short term. Now the, the duration of a, of this cycle, I don't know how long it's going to play out. Like I'm not a fortune teller. It could be a couple days. It could be a couple weeks. Um, it could be a couple months for all I know, but all I know is that it, this is a healthy sign and we do have to respect, um, the indicators that we are getting on a technical front right now, which are validating this thesis. Now, Ethereum, I do want to take a look at it because it does lead the old coins as well. This is approaching resistance, similarly to Bitcoin, but Ethereum is also in a similar boat to Bitcoin, where you know you've got range highs quite a, a long way away. And then if you go into the daily, um, if you go onto the daily, we can see there's huge upside if, if you do break through this range. So of course you do have this two thousand level, which is key for Ethereum. But you, you but you flip this short term level and the move from seventeen hundred to two thousand can be quite quick. Uh, but Ethereum is still not showing strength versus Bitcoin. It's actually been a bit of a lagging um, a-, a lagging coin. And there's a reason for why that's the case. I want to get into that uh, in the second half of this show when we discuss L2s and all that sort of stuff as well. So I would keep my eye on Ethereum just in terms of uh, validating where the altcoin market sits. But right now, really all eyes on Bitcoin being the front runner of this trend. And we could see right now we're actually pushing like live on stream to 25k. So if we go into the hourly chart, we can see we've just printed a very green hourly candle. It almost looks looks like today and maybe even during this show um we're going to get close to making a decision here at range high at 25k what move we make so this is super important i i would have my um, i mean i'm going to have my eyes glued to the screen over the next 24 hours to see how we react in this zone um because there could be massive opportunities from a select altcoins if we break and if we reject there also could be um opportunities to take advantage of the short side so we we'll get into those scenarios later in the show as well a narrative i quickly want to touch on is the ZK roll-up stuff um, before we get into the Blur airdrop and some of the opportunities I'm seeing in that ecosystem. Um, ZK roll-ups have been super hot. I talked about this on a thread on February 2nd, and then I also discussed this uh, last week in the show, and then I touched on it again yesterday, how ZK, if the market continues to be strong, this is still uh, a narrative that can exhibit relative strength, and it's still a narrative that is preferred by the market. Um, and we could see this basically across the entire board with the price action of of coins, that the ZK coins are often running harder than the other coins in the market. You have... OP, which is an L2 that performs strongly. You have Mina, which is a ZK coin that performs strongly. And also Matic right now is performing extremely strongly as well. So ZK um, is the hot narrative in town. And this is one that if Bitcoin breaks out, um, I'm going to continue to uh, increase my exposure to ZK products just because I think they can continue to outperform just like the other ones like LSDs and AI as well. Um, I think ZK uh, has upside in that scenario. Now, And I have been talking about that for a while, so you should be well positioned. Um, If you're not, you are going to have to wait for a pullback on a lot of these um, ZK projects. But there is one, um, which is Matic, that I think you could have an opportunity very, very, very soon to actually get into. Um, And that's because Matic is actually breaking its range high right now so what i talked about yesterday on the show was the fact that matic had a significant resistance at $1.30. thirty and if it flipped that on the daily into support there could be an explosion up to the 180 to two dollar zone ahead of their zk evm which they actually officially announced for the end of q1 so that is official now that we are getting zk evm but matic actually just exploded through its range high and that was the level that it needed to break so for me How I am playing this is a retest of this zone at $1.30. I'm going long, and then I'm going to set my stop underneath. So this is a trade that you can actively take um, and actively look at taking. Now, there's a chance this, run o- this runs away from us, but the reason why I wouldn't FOMO in now, um, I mean, you could put 30% of your total position size in now. It's really up to how you trade. The reason I wouldn't FOMO in now is because you've, sl- you've just missed the breakout. So the time to get the first 30% in um, was on the initial breakout. Then the next one is retest it and confirmation um, because we're, we're kind of in this zone where, a- as we saw before, it's all- often possible you get a breakout and then you have a fake out straight back into the range. We literally saw that th- two weeks ago. So lightning may not strike twice, but I certainly don't want to be caught a fool twice. So I wouldn't, um, not that I tried to do that range last time. Um, so we do want to re- wait for a retest here. And if we get it, we can long set our stops below. And that could potentially be one that, that has good upside, but that's very significant level for Matic that it is currently breaking. And the price action is very bullish for a lot of these ZK coins. So if you do want to trade Matic, there's a link in the description to OKX, our official exchange partner. And if you sign up for a link to a new OKX account, you get access to a 10 $1,000 mystery box, which means if you just sign up for an account and deposit $50, whether it can be crypto or fiat Then you get a chance to shake your phone open a mystery box and win up to $10,000 worth of crypto um, You can win $5 you can win nothing You can win $100 or you can win uh, up to their max prize reward of $10,000 So if you want to have a bit of fun and open that you can um, You can sign up for a new OKX account and of course it's a great place to trade as well If you want to uh, open that Matic long or if you want to open any other sort of trade um, if you think Bitcoin's a decent short into resistance, that could also be a trade that you can open, but it's um up to your outlook as well. Let's get into the next segment of the show now, which is about this blur airdrop. And I do have a big plan when it comes to blur and related tokens that um I am currently putting into execution mode. And there's also two airdrops off the back of Blur, which I believe could potentially be the next Blur airdrop because the Blur airdrop was massive. If you guys saw it yesterday, people were getting, I mean, one guy got like one and a half million dollars. Average people, so just retail traders that barely put anything into the ecosystem, were getting three, four, five, six thousand. Some people got ten thousand. I think it's safe to say airdrop seasons back. And this is something. Obviously, I've been covering since last year in terms of positioning ourselves for new airdrops. Um, But it's more apparent than ever that airdrop season's back, baby. And some of these airdrops are huge. So if you can get yourself into the right ones, there are massive opportunities. And not all of you are airdrop hunters, so not all of you um, will be necessarily interested. But I will give you two uh, airdrops at the end of the Blur segment that you can get involved in as well. So what is Blur? Blur is essentially an NFT marketplace. So their whole motto is that they are much much faster than other alternatives and they are essentially executing nft trades faster um in order to allow traders more flexibility and just a general better ui um and i see lots of questions coming in at the end of the show i'm going to do A. Q&A. I know there's lots of questions about this being a fake out and a bull trap and max payne um and i'll answer all of those questions at the end and we'll have a discussion but um i do want to give you these opportunities first before we get into that the so essentially their whole thesis is they are the fastest um nft marketplace and they were backed by paradigm and a few other big um vcs as well OX oxmaki who worked on sushi swap was also an angel investor and you have ledger and some other players as well i don't know who ego capital is but it's certainly a funny name um to call yourself a- as a vc but it was a heavily backed project and what Basically, what they did is they rewarded people that used the platform early. So anyone that listed their NFTs to the site, um, traded NFTs, were distributed an airdrop in three phases. So the people that used the um, platform the most during the bear market and then leading up into the snapshot, they were um, obviously rewarded the most Blur tokens in the end. And then people that just maybe listed an NFT or two were rece- um, got like a third tier airdrop, which was a smaller amount, but could still equate to like $500, $1,000, $2,000. So we could see here from the total airdropped Blur supply that they gave out um, 360 million Blur tokens. Now at the current value, that's around $320 million worth of tokens. That's a pretty damn big airdrop of which 90% of tokens were actually claimed. Now, out of the total um, amount of claimees, 64.8 recipients sold those tokens. So 56,000 people sold Um, the Blur airdrop. And that put a lot of uh, pressure onto the market, at least from a Blur token perspective, because a lot of people were actively dumping. And that also resulted in, um, you know, a a huge decline in the Blur blur token price. I think we can see, yeah, it listed at like $5 on exchanges and then dumped all the way down to 60 cents before recovering to 90 cents. So this often happens with airdrops. When they first launch, they dump. And that does create some opportunities. Um, And I have a, a plan for taking advantage of this and it's pretty in line with what happened with optimism and aptos so if you look at optimism and aptos look at their launches so op they were also one that had a huge airdrop launched token dumps a lot of supply comes onto the market then also that has a short-term bounce um consolidation another bounce and then a massive consolidation pattern before eventually it exploded aptos basically the exact same launched extremely high had a massive dip bounce consolidation for a while, another bounce, and then absolutely exploded. So it's very similar um, in terms of the general pattern where you get a huge dump, a short-term bounce, then consolidation, then your massive bounce as well. And this this basically is the same across the board for most major airdrops on that launch that are good projects. Now, of course, you can't apply this logic to an airdrop um, logic to an airdrop that's a shit project, if it's a crap project, then there'll be no reason for that final bounce. If it's a good project, there can be a reason for that final bounce. Um, and I believe Blur is a decent project. So one of um, my strategies for Blur is to wait for consolidation. So clearly, you know, we've had the dump. Now we're getting that short-term bounce like we identified on Optimism here. Aptos's bounce was slightly bigger here before consolidation. And Blur's one that I'll accumulate after Um, It's consolidation phase whether that takes us to 30 40 50 cents Maybe we consolidate back down to 90 cents after pumping a bit more. I don't know all I know is that I'm waiting for an extended period of at least three to four months of sideways price action before I'm comfortable of going, okay, the majority of the supply that um, wanted to be shaken out is now shaken out, and I can get into the Blur token. So that's a token that, as the thumbnail of the video says, I am going to be buying, um, but I'm being patient and waiting for consolidation there as well. Now, the Blur airdrop really highlighted something that I alluded to earlier, and that's the fact that you know we're in the middle of a bear market right now. And, we, and people are getting five-figure airdrops. Some people got six-figure airdrops. Some people got a million dollars from this um, airdrop, which is unbelievable. Now, of course, you need to be in whale to get the million dollars. But, you know, there were genuine people that got 10 to 20,000 that only maybe put a few thousand in or just traded some NFTs. Um, and Ara did a, did a tweet here. He said, look, it's in the middle of the bear market. I'm getting a five-figure airdrop. But there are still people who don't believe what's coming in the next bull market. And what I would take out of this thread um, or this tweet is... Airdrops are going to be massive in the bull run. So if you can position yourself in the best airdrops now um, and start to work towards getting your hands on some of the more enticing bear market launches in the bull run, the valuations there could be astronomical. And this is why I do so many tweets on airdrops. Some people like give me flack for, you know, Miles, you're doing engagement farming airdrop type tweets. And I totally get that criticism, but let's be honest with each other. Like there is opportunities that don't really take much of an investment, at least from a financial perspective. They take a time investment, but if I'm going to give an opportunity to my community, um, why wouldn't I give something that could potentially result in five, six figure gains for minimal effort? Like, I want to help my community make money. Um, I want to help create a, a, one of the most profitable communities in crypto. One of the way to, ways to do that is by giving out new opportunities that have minimal risk. And I believe airdrops are in this category where you kind of, yeah, you got to spend time. And sometimes it can be a little grueling. And sometimes it can be a little annoying. But, uh, you know, a tiny bit of annoyance can result in a five-figure bear market airdrop, Um, which in a bull market would be, you know, six figures plus. Now, of course, we don't want to get our expectations too high and expect to be airdrop millionaires because, I've received many airdrops, which are just $100, $200, $500, $1,000, but it's still decent money to be receiving, you know, relatively passively. So there's two I'm looking at at the moment now. There are a few more which I'll probably do a full video on tomorrow, and maybe as well a thread to accompany that video. So keep your eye out for that. Of course, turn on post notifications if you haven't already. Um, so there are a few ones that I've yeah that that, that I've got my own, but there's two I want to talk about today, which actually got confirmation um, from either the team or the team within the discords. And the first one was Lens Protocol. So Lens said excited face airdrop incoming, which alluded to their airdrop coming. And this is what I put in my thread a couple months ago, but now it looks like they've actually confirmed that as a protocol. Uh, The strategy for for getting involved with Lens as well, if you don't know what it is, it's a decentralized social graph. So essentially a decentralized social network is relatively easy. All you have to do is get a Lens profile. And um, Olympio Crypto did a great thread on this and then complete the lens quests to get a reward. So basically, um, you want to get a lens handle, maybe pick one up on OpenSea. Um, after you do that, co- complete some of the lens quests. So they launched a quest series two weeks ago on uh, PHI underscore XYZ. There's also many dApps in the ecosystem, which you can use. So it's essentially complete the quest, the step-by-step tutorials, claim your rewards, um, and then also make sure to... Uh, I'm just reading this here to 22. Don't miss out. Yeah. Claim your rewards and then, yeah, make sure to interact with a lot of the dApps in the ecosystem. So that is one thing. That is one airdrop that I'm looking forward to that I think could be a decent opportunity. And the other one's actually optimism. Now, this is a weird one because people have have been very vocal about the fact that optimism, like, it's gone. The opportunity's over. Like, you've missed it. But I don't necessarily think that's the case. And here's the reason why I don't think it's the case. If we look at the Discord... Bobby, one of the, um, I think he's a head engineer or at least like a head community manager of Optimism, said quests hang tight. And then also, if you validate this with the Optimism token allocations, you can see that there's still the, um, there's still 19% of the token supply allocated towards airdrops. So if you look at how they allocate tokens in general, they have a 25% ecosystem fund, they have 20% for public goods funding, but 90 percent of this is for user airdrops of which only 5% have actually been given out. So the second airdrop was like 0.27% that was given out on the 9th of Feb. The first airdrop was in May, which was 5%. But this isn't a huge amount. This is just 5.27% of the total user airdrop supply that's been given out. But there's still 13% to come. And that's $590 million, Um, so, sorry, 590 million OP tokens, which equates to over a billion it's like $1.5 billion worth of tokens pending. Now, of course, by the time the third airdrop takes place, um, the token could be worth a lot less. It also could be worth a lot more. But I mean, needless to say, there's potentially a billion dollar airdrop op- opportunity here for Optimism. So I wouldn't be fading using the Optimism ecosystem, even if it's just with like a tiny bit of capital. If you haven't used it already, just play around with it. Use it. Get on some of the dApps. Get involved because there's still a lot of tokens to be given out. And I have no doubt that we'll be getting something. Now, how much you'll be getting, I don't know. Who knows if if they decide to continue with initiatives over like a 10-year period. So they do like tiny airdrops until then, or who knows if they just do one big one just to flush out some of the supply. We don't know what their strategy is going to be, but Olympio did a good thread if you want to position yourself for that, Um, which essentially involves... Uh, Starting to get involved with governance, which means like voting on optimism, which essentially gives you network participation over how the network operates. Uh, You also get gas rebates for OP governance users, getting involved with the um, airdrop claiming on the optimism network, of course, using some of the dApps. Um, on on the network as well, swapping, bridging, all that kind of stuff, I think that, that can put you in a good position to get an airdrop. So Olympio did a good thread if you want to check it out. I've also covered this in the past, but that's one I wanted to mention um, because I think it's really good. And I just wanted to quickly highlight that if you want to do any like swapping um, because you are going to need um, native tokens for this, you can actually go into the Optimism Network on KyberSwap. And if you need to swap into any sort of token like USDC or you need OP tokens for governance or you need um, you need to swap, I don't know, back into stables so you can pull it out onto an exchange, then you can do it on KyberSwap because what it'll do is it'll route that transaction through the best possible routing to give you the lowest price possible. So let's say you want to trade like, um, Ethereum into Optimism, then it will automatically go, okay, the cheapest way to do this is we'll put 70% through Velodrome, we'll put 30% through the Beats pools um, via going staked ETH to USDC to OP to give you your 593 OP, but at the cheapest possible rate, saving you $3 per trade. So KyberSwap is a DEX aggregator, so it'll aggregate the transaction to give you the best rates. Um, so if you are going to to get um, participate in this airdrop or just swap on any ecosystem for that matter this is the place i'd go just to save yourself money and of course um you know they are a show sponsor as well so um you know it's really good to be partnered with projects that i i really really think i mean the usability offers a huge advantage over others if you are going to use it though make sure to um protect yourself with a nord vpn i don't want to be too much of a nord shiller i know it gets annoying sometimes but like i really can't um stress enough for like four dollars a month you are protecting your entire identity on your decks. Like MetaMask, we've seen hacks happen many times in the past. We've seen exploitation of people through their IPs. If you're going to use um, these decentralized exchanges, uh, I know Kyberswap's extremely safe, but if you're going to be involved with Optimism and all these ecosystems, you need to protect yourself with a VPN. And of course, there's a link in the description to sign up. It's like $5 a month, and you could potentially save yourself thousands of dollars. So from a risk-reward perspective, my analytical brain tells me, well, five dollars for the potential saving of um, thousands of dollars through hacks is is very, very, very worthwhile. So there's a link in the description to that. And of course, KyberSwap. What I want to do now is get into some questions. I've deliberately left a bit of spare time um, at the end of this show to let this be community-driven because there's a lot that I think we could talk about um, because there's a lot that's going on at the moment. So I want to let you guys lead the conversation. If there's anything you want to know, uh, ask it now in the comments and I'll get to it and we'll do like a rapid fire Q&A session and I'll give you some uh, general general market updates and thoughts and my plans, all sorts of things. Firstly, I want to say like congrats to everyone that watched the Sunday show. Some of the calls we made in there were phenomenal. Uh, I called MPX. I think if I look at MPX now, it's up um, a massive 40% on the day. So that was fantastic. Equal in the phantom ecosystem, we also got um, like a 20% pump on the ZK projects that we called up massively mute dusk up massively even the ai stuff from the dips uh i think i had let's go to my charts here and see the levels that we outlined on like fet and ocean uh where we got here on the four hourly yeah the levels we got on fet and ocean bounced perfectly um you see we bounced uh from the 42 zone all the way to the 47 zone approaching resistance now but that's still strong of course ai although it's losing a bit of momentum it's still relatively strong um, I think Ocean as well. We got some decent we got some decent entries on. So yeah, just want to say generally congrats to everyone that uh that, that watched that Sunday show like we've been paid off for our um reward for effort here hitting a lot a lot of these dips nicely. VRA, best altcoin performer in 2023. Um could be a strong performer Q1 Q2. The only issue I see with altcoins in general is, you know, heading into that Q3 Q4 period, do we see um deflation kick into the market? Um In terms of equities and then off the back of that do we see all coins holding up in that environment it's going to be tricky uh let's see what happens i'm not worrying about it yet all i'm really doing is making sure that i am positioned with enough cash that okay if this market comes back down and bitcoin um does see see the negative effects of depreciation that i have enough stable coins to take advantage of dips in that period because that could potentially be the best dip buying period that q3 q4 period um, so I'm not, that's why I'm not really going crazy into like long-term alt holdings now. You guys know I'm playing the narrative game now. I'm playing the trading game, the narrative game, the rotation game. We're making a shit ton of profit in the process, and then we're putting that those profits aside into an account um, where we're going to use that account for long-term accumulation. That's my strategy. Everyone's different. Um, some people prefer to just buy and hold forever. Some people prefer to chop in and out. I'm somewhere in the middle. I've got a long-term portfolio where I... Um, make sure to DCA like some of the safer assets, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Matic. Um, And then I also have a shorter term portfolio where I narrative trade and then use that to replenish my long-term stuff, which I accumulate throughout um, periods of bearish consolidation, which we're not in now. We're in a bullish expansive phase. Someone said thoughts on Rune. Rune's an interesting one. Let me just get the chart up and I'll try and do some charting quickly. Rune's an interesting one because there's a lot of competition in the cross-chain space. You have Layer Zero products starting to launch and their iterations look like they could revolutionize uh, cross-chain interoperability. But if we look at first mover advantage, Rune is one that's very established in the cross-chain space um, and it could definitely find a niche for itself. Now, I don't necessarily know if it's the long-term solution to the problem it's trying to solve. But I think it could be a solution that, I mean, the thing with Rune is it certainly performs better in a bull run, like any project, but Rune specifically due to its reflexive nature. And what I mean by reflexive nature is in a bull run, when liquidity is coming in and people are depositing into the Omni pool, you need Rune to pair with Bitcoin and Ethereum. So more, there's a higher demand for Rune tokens for that reason, because you need um, a liquidity balance in the pool. Whereas when liquidity flushes out of the system, so when we get bearish phases in the market, Rune actually underperforms. And that's one of the reasons why Rune dumped a lot harder than other projects. And we can see this because, um, and I even highlighted the breakout here, to break down to the downside. Sorry, you know, Rune dumped 70% since then because liquidity came out. And when liquidity comes out, then people sell their Rune because you no longer need Rune to pair with the assets that are being pulled out of the pools. So Rune is much better in a bull market. Um, and for that reason it's not a token I, I really hold long term but it is a token that I will 100% trade when I have confirmation of like okay um, this is time to buy for like a two year hold um, for next cycle bang I buy some rune. and you could probably make the argument to DCA into it a little bit but it's just risky because it it does expose itself to downside more than other coins. Phantom is actually similar in terms of the downside argument, but Phantom is different because it has a major catalyst. Now um, it actually has two major catalysts for why it's running and I'll get the chart up now. Um, the first catalyst being FVM. So that is the major network upgrade that's happening to the virtual machine. I'm actually getting Michael Kong, the CEO of Phantom on the show next week to discuss that upgrade with you guys. So that will be a fantastic show. Um, But of course, That upgrade is what the market is looking forward to. Andre's been tweeting a lot about it. Andre's back. um, We're we're seeing a lot of really, really positive test results coming out from the foundation about how it can offer an 8x improvement on the EVM. So I'm looking forward to that. And then the second narrative that's driving is FUSD. So with a lot of the stablecoin regs coming out now, like the the BUSD um, regs through Paxos, and a lot of the rumored USDC circle regulations that could potentially name more stablecoin securities, a lot of people are saying, well, the need for a decentralized stablecoin is now stronger than ever. Um, what potential ecosystems can offer those products? Well, the obvious answer is Aave, Curve, and Frax. That's one I talked about a couple of days ago. Um, and they've also been strong performers, especially Frax today, which has absolutely exploded. So this is one that I love. This was the entry, guys, by the way. Um, this is actually an entry that I took as well. Um, right in here. At that support. I mean, how strong has this support been for Frax? Test, test, time and time and time again. Um, enter and then bang, push the upside. Uh, basically played out perfectly um, the, the whole Frax trade, but that's also running off the back of this stablecoin narrative. And Phantoms are different. Phantoms running back on the back of the stablecoin narrative because they have their stablecoin V2 launching. FUSD. And FUSD, is going to be you know a massive improvement on the original stable and that could potentially be another catalyst for the eco um the only problem with phantom from a ta perspective as you've probably noticed we are approaching resistance we actually rejected um off this key zone sorry i'm getting uh, my nose is itchy we're getting rejected off this key zone at the 57 cent mark um could spell a short-term pullback for phantom i think it maybe needs a bit a bit of time to reload and you know prep for that next leg up if you expect that next leg up of course phantom is you know Um, trading in tandem with Bitcoin and ETH as well. It's not an altcoin that's going to run in its own right. However, it is an altcoin that runs harder in its own right. What I mean by this is it pumped 33% from the lows two days ago. 33 damn percent. Now, let's look at Ethereum, for example. Um, Ethereum pumped 12% or, you know, from the very, very lows, like 15%, right? So Phantom have doubled Ethereum's output. Even Bitcoin, which led this pump, um, Phantom actually outperformed. You know, Bitcoin pumped fifteen percent during that same time period. So Phantom is doubling a lot of the market's performance, and the reason for this is because it has those strong catalysts of FVM, FUSD, and also a lot of uh, renewed hype and interest in the eco. And that's why MPX was such a good trade for us from that Sunday show because we were getting off the back of the Perp Dex narrative hype as well as the Phantom hype. And those two narratives together is an ex- um, can create explosive moves. Uh, so, you know, we're really, really spot on with the MPX thing for that reason. Uh, and it was all just na- narrative identification. It, it doesn't take a genius to make money in this market. What it does take, though, is um, dedication and conviction to be able to back yourself in a trade. It's something I struggle with at times as well. There's plenty of calls I've made that I haven't been, had enough conviction in to really ape into. And I've, and I've, um, I've you know, experienced FOMO off the back of that, but with with something like an MPX and these other narratives as well, it's strong narrative identification and then conviction to enter that trade, um, as well as you know the diligence to be able to spot, keep your ear to the ground and identify new narratives. Now, there are a few I'm looking at now. I think the decentralized gambling narrative is going to be massive. Now, that's pumping at the moment, but also something we talked about on the Monday Spaces and Sunday show. Um, now I might get more into that in the future. The reason I'm not doing it today is because a lot of them have just pumped crazily and I just don't really want... Um, anyone FOMOing in now at these, you know, crazy extensions, considering a lot of them are definitely, definitely rug pulls. So when I identify the ones that I think maybe aren't rugs, then I'll give them to you. But like they're 1 million market caps. Nonetheless, if you're a real degen, look into the um, decentralized gambling stuff. I think that's massive. And obviously um, ZK and LSD is still, still kind of the driving force behind the altcoin market right now. So it's a really a narrative scheme um, and it's our job to identify them and trade off the back of that. Uh so yeah, Kim said love your show, really appreciate it. Um thoughts on Super Farm. I'm actually it's called Superverse now. I'm getting Elio on my spaces next Monday to talk about Superverse because I think a lot of people think it's dead, and I I completely get why, because it hasn't performed well price wise and you know, imposters have dropped a lot and their floor price dropped. But honestly, this is one I could see happening. Um this is one where I could see a revival happening just because I like Elio. I think he's he's super smart. Um, there's a super strong team behind this project. And yeah, if, if the gaming run is inevitable. Day by day, we get closer and closer to those AAA titles that we want. Um, and eventually, we're going to get them. And the beneficiaries are going to be the projects that were positioning themselves during the bear market, building um, new products. And that's exactly what Superverse has been doing. So it's on my gaming radar. It's probably not as high up for me as some of the other projects like um, PYR I'm a huge fan of um, We obviously got our entries I, I did a tweet about PYR I think um, what was it Two, $2.30 so we're already Well positioned in PYR um, You know you've got UOS and Gala as well Hustle's obviously the, the expert on this stuff Though someone said what about Vela Vela's another one we called on Sunday um, Sorry for shilling Sunday so much It's just like I don't know If you're not there you've got to be there It's an awesome time I basically stream 4 hours Um, We research coins. We talk about narratives. It's a lot of fun. I answer questions kind of like this, but just for like four hours, (laughs) which is a long time. Um, But yeah, Vela was another one that we identified. This is basically a perpetual dex. So it's running off the back of the GMX hype, but it actually, the UI looks better than GMX to me. And it's got a very strong and well, um, well positioned discord and telegram community, which actually has more users than GMX. Now I think it's pretty overextended. Um I found this at like two bucks. It's now six. So it has overextended quite a lot. If we can get a pullback into this key zone um at five dollars, I'm I'm more I'm more of an interested buyer than at six. Um so basically where we where we talked about it on Sunday would be a much better place to buy. But Vela is one I've got my eye on. Because if if it starts taking market share of GMX, then I mean the market cap at fifty million is definitely unders. If, if it can gain market share. So we're going to need to see how it launches and how things start to play out for it to for it to really, really work. Um, yeah, I agree. It's super smooth, sexy UI. Um, definitely room to grow. The only thing is, you know, we want to see if those user numbers, and I'm sure a lot of those users were just there to farm the airdrop. I want to see if those user numbers, and I also gave you guys the airdrop on my Twitter. Um, I want to see if those user numbers convert into real revenue because sometimes they don't. And that's what needs to happen for Vela to not only justify but exceed its current valuation. It can definitely happen, but let's just see how let's see how the launch goes. There can also be a sell off post launch. Oftentimes, it happens when you know a product launches, gets a lot of hype behind it, rallies into the launch, crashes on launch, and then bang, the actual effect of that launch isn't priced in. Look at GNS for example. So GNS Games Network. Um, remember the Arbitrum hype? Remember? Remember? Kind of people were saying. Um, It was buy the rumor sell the news. I even think I said that at some point um, that it could be a buy the rumor sell sell the news event. And that's because generally like we do see this um, phenomena where the token pumps into a major um, product launch and then we see a dump. And that's actually what happened with GNS. We saw the market pump. And then we saw GNS dump. So the buy the rumor, sell the news thing was right to an extent. But very quickly, very very quickly, the trading volume on Arbitrum started to explode, and the, the 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 market just realized it woke up to the fact that shit, um, this this is real. Like this has improved our revenue so much that this token just has to pump now. And GNS then went on that crazy run from like three dollars to seven dollars. So although, and it's eight dollars now, it's absolutely nuts. So although, um. You know, we did have a small sell-off. I think it was I think it was here at the start of November with this dip, somewhere around here, like post FTX. I can't remember exactly when. But pre-Arbitrum, like we did see a sell-off. We saw multiple. We saw one here, then we saw another here. And then it launched, really performed well, and then exploded because the metrics had to balance out with, with the market's expectations. That could happen for Vela. So I think with Vela, we're in this period where we've just seen this pump. Um, and, you know, it looks very hot right now. But I'm just not buying because what I want to see is the consolidation or the sell-off slash consolidation from the the launch. And then hopefully, if it succeeds, there's that next major leg up, which is the, the leg where the market has its data and it's acting on that data. And I prefer to trade uh, at that point than APIN now. But of course, you know, Sunday was, was that good entry. If you did get in, congrats, congrats to everyone that did. Make sure to smash that like yeah, if, if you're still um, watching the show. Also, remember quickly, I'm I'll answer a couple more questions at the end, um you only have i think 14 days to get in on this rolex giveaway we keep we we keep checking every day but no one's actually winning this thing like um we keep re- um ran keeps revealing every show uh, a winner but then the winner never emails because to claim you need to email um the banter giveaways email and, and claim your rolex so either people just aren't watching the shows or we're just picking like accounts that aren't active It still actually isn't given away yet and we're going to keep uh, Drawing the winner every single day until it's actually given away. So we still have the big get and buy bit um, Giveaways for another 14 days. No winner yet. So you still have a chance to sign up using one of the links in the description Um, and every time you open a trade, that's another entry So a hundred trades theoretically equals 100 entries 50 trades equals 50 entries however much you trade is however many entries you're going to get um but at the very least if you don't have an account there's still time to get your hands on a $25,000 sub or a $15,000 um black sub. We got the blue and gold and then the black one um still still in the offices in Cape Town actually just sitting there waiting to be claimed. Um and someone's calling me a liar. It's 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 not a lie at all. Like every single day you can watch the show they try and give it away and then people aren't winning. Um so yeah, there's links in the description um to sign up. All you need to do is sign up. Make sure you're in the Discord and Open a trade to get an entry. Pretty simple. You could potentially get your hands on a Rolex, of course. Bybit also has that thirty thousand um, dollar deposit bonus, and Bitget has an eight thousand dollar deposit bonus as well. So huge bonuses there um, to to sign up and get involved. A couple more questions now. Um, missed your explanation on Blur. You can watch the show again. You can rewind afterwards. My TLDR is I'm looking at Lens Protocol. Um, I and I'm not fading optimism after we got another announcement on on airdrops there. So those are two plays of the back of the Blur airdrop you can take new airdrop thread coming probably tomorrow and then uh, I'll probably do a video to accompany that as well. So make sure you look out for that. And then also I think um, in terms of my blur plan, I think it, it trades very similar to Optimism and Aptos where we get a huge dump consolidation, then a pump. I think Blur's still in the dump phase. Um, and you know we're gonna need month uh, like a month or two of consolidation before I think about getting in. So that is my explanation there. Uh, someone said they missed the ZK protocol explanation. Nothing has really changed apart from the fact. Um, nothing's really changed apart from the fact that Matic is breaking out massively, and that's a trade you can take on the retest. So these ZK projects are still hot. Of course, if you're massively up, take profits on them. Don't be an idiot. Um, but you know we 've been well positioned in these for a while, and I still think they have upside, especially if bitcoin holds Zk can perform well. I just want to make it clear that 's if bitcoin holds like if bitcoin dumps, even Zk, which is one of the strongest narratives in the market won 't outperform like it will still come down, but if the market um, consolidates or bitcoin breaks out of its next um, its next twenty five k resistance level, then of course the strongest narratives will outperform and ZK is one of them. So Matic you've got right now, um, if you can catch this on the retest of the high, if we successfully retest on the daily, and this is the four alley, but I'll go into the daily. If we successfully retest on the daily, um, this is going to be like potentially you know, a huge upside play. So this is a great level for Matic to hold. Super important it holds. If it holds $1.30, then yeah. like That is the best base for another leg to the upside. So keep your eye on, on whether Matic can hold. Um, that's going to be a super, impo- a super, super, super important level for Matic and it's a tradable level too. Any phantom ecosystem plays? I talked about a couple of them on the show on Sunday. So I talked about MPX. I talked about equal. Let me quickly get up my phantom portfolio for you though. Um, and just have a look at what else is in that portfolio. Here we go. Um, so we've got Raven I think this is one that hasn't run. It's actually down 60% of the week. I think it's because they, um, I think it's cuz their emissions are super 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 like high but you know so supply so applies relatively similar. Um so Ravendex I mean it's kind of yeah it's kind of a weird one. Um this is the Cardano version. I'm talking about Rave not this one, not this one, not this one. Talk about the other Rave token on Phantom. Uh I entered the wrong one. Rave names, not not Ravendex. Um Rave names, Rave names. This one. This one I think um, yeah, they have more emissions than, than Raven next. Uh, and this one potentially has more upside if Phantom keeps running. Uh, so that's, I'm going to replace that in a second. Tarot hasn't done much at all. Only $3 million market cap. I'm looking into that. Uh, Liquid Driver, I think, you know, still solid governor's hunting protocol. Looking into that equal 4 million market cap, still not crazy. Um, still not like, obviously it's run a lot though. It's up like probably a 30 X, but it's still not a terrible level. Um, and MPx on the MPx on the pullback is probably the best one out of all of these so look with phantom it's it's going to rely a lot on price action if phantom breaks out then yeah you're going to see the eco explode so the only I'm not buying these ecosystem tokens today i just want to make that clear um, I'm only buying them in two scenarios one a major pullback um, in phantom and right now I'm looking at that pullback to this zone at 52 cents. And then, ho- and then confirmation of that zone, of course, you know, if it rejects, then you can come back down to $0.42. Cents. Uh, sorry, I just got rid of my screen. And then the other scenario that I would look at is a breakout. So consolidation and then a push to the upside could be, could be a decent spot as well. But then you're going to have to just sell into resistance again. So there's definitely a claim to make to wait for a successful retest of the $0.64 cent zone and then looking for potential upside after that. That's the bullish scenario. There always is this bearish scenario as well. That Bitcoin gets rejected and Phantom um, rejects, makes a double top and then and then comes back down and then the eco bleeds. Right. So you only want to buy on either pullbacks or or confirmation um, breakouts because the eco coins, they're low caps. They're a lot riskier to trade than Phantom itself. So it depends what your risk tolerance is, but you know I would suggest maybe fifteen to twenty percent allocation to eco versus um, versus the the base token itself. Thoughts on XRP? I don't love it. I don't explicitly hate it um, as much as some other people, but I just don't love it because, if, you know, we look at Coin... Like, just go on to CoinGecko for a second. Look at the valuation here. XRP has a valuation of 20 million market... Uh, 20 billion, sorry, market cap. 39 to 40 billion fully diluted. Do we really think that XRP long-term will outperform... Matic will outperform some of these other top projects, like even Ethereum. Do you think? I don't know. It's just it's just hard to see a forty bill evaluation, um, just justifiable for XRP. It's the only reason why I why I'm a bit iffy on it. BNB's got a, little, a fair bit of fud behind it at the moment, so like I I see both sides of the BNB argument. Although still, I'd rather be net long than short BNB. Um, you know, I think that's that's one that it, it definitely it's a big year for bnb with a lot of a lot of the regs a lot of regulatory clarity to come out then you've got cardano i'm not a huge fan of but yeah these these cardano xrp coins it's like limited upside and like very hyped very i guess you could make the argument that they're overvalued and that's one of the reasons why i'm not in it um so yeah i don't explicitly hate it <laughs> but i don't explicitly love it either and it's not a, i don't love it enough to hold it long term that's for sure um Cool. I'll answer like a couple more questions. Bitcoin right now. Let's just do a quick update on what's happening. It is pumping. Whoops. Pumping all the way to range high. And then small rejection. We almost got there just then. We literally almost got there. While I was crapping on about airdrops, we literally almost touched like literally $100 away from touching range high. Clearly, there's a lot of uh, sell short orders at this 25k level this is crazy this is absolutely crazy well, you certainly don't long now you certainly don't long now because um, logging now is longing into resistance but let's see if let's see if it tests again because if it tests again I mean the, the more it tests the higher chance we have of a, a breakout to the upside so this is a super super key zone um also look if we do have a huge rejection now the next key zone i look at is 23.9 to 24 that's actually a decent load up zone because you get confirmation there and then um a push up to range high again then you know that's not a terrible time to long alt. so i'm looking at that eth's weakness great question um great comment ryan because i completely forgot to mention this section i completely skipped over it i had this planned ETH has a weakness, which is leading to a lot of the strength from some of these L2s like Optimism. And that weakness is, look at the airdrop for Blur and look at the crazy gas fees. We saw a, a, a Gwei fee of 135 during the airdrop for Blur. And then it went up to 242 and I even saw it as high as 300 And that means $10 gas fees for for, for um for like withdrawals but swaps were in excess of a hundred dollars for a lot of people so ethereum although the merge has been very good for its tokenomics it's it's broken man it is a broken network and it's they're conducting a roadmap which i think will be successful Uh, i mean i have enough conviction in the devs after a successful merge which people liken to swapping an engine out of a rocket ship mid-flight so it was clearly a, a huge technological achievement for the developers and Um, I'm proud of what they're able to achieve and it made me bullish on Ethereum long term but short term there'll be other um, especially like if we get a bull run within the next couple years there could be other L2s and also L1s that eat up some market share just purely off the back of Ethereum not being usable enough right now so that's the first concern but the the benefit that comes off the back of that concern is look at this and by the way Ethereum is my biggest holding so I have a vested interest don't listen to me all right. Don't listen to me at all. Um, but Ethereum, look at this. It has It's had a massive reduction in the total supply because issuance reduced off the back of the merge, but also network usage has increased because we're getting these bullish swings, because we're having things like the blur airdrop, which requires trading on um, Ethereum, and because we're getting um, altcoins pumping and people are using these dApps, Ethereum has had a lot of supply burn versus its now newly reduced issuance via the merge. So we've now seen almost um, you know, 24,000 or 23,200 Ethereum actually that have been burnt, which is pretty damn crazy because if we didn't have the merge, 1.17 ETH would have hit the market. Uh, 1.17 million ETH would have hit... The- Sorry, I can't even speak. 1.7 million ETH would have hit the market, which is... Over $2 billion, right? $2 billion worth of Ethereum would have hit the market if we didn't have the merge. So the merge has been extremely bullish. ETH's now officially deflationary. But this is just kind of a sign into the future. Like if network usage continues to increase, you know, if we had a massive bull run, this is in a bear market, by the way. This is in a damn bear market. If we had a massive bull run, ask yourself, what would happen to this ETH supply in the midst of increased usage? I mean... I don't even know if I can draw this on my screen, how far down this damn supply could go. Like I can't even draw it, but it would just be, I don't know. It could be crazy, but let's just, let's just see how this pans out. And I said, it's a blessing and a curse because it's a blessing for ETH long-term because of this um, reduced supply. But it's also a blessing for a lot of other alts um, like these L2s and the ZK narrative, which we talk so much about because of, the crazy gas fees. The gas fees are still crazy and the Merge didn't fix that yet. Now they're on, on their roadmap. They're on their path to fixing it. The Ethereum network, we've got the Shanghai upgrade end of Q1. It's probably a catalyst for LSDs, um, liquid staking derivatives. We have um, two more upgrades at the end of the year. And I think next year, we're heading into the next uh, phase three of Ethereum roadmap. In fact, if I can just show you this again, I've shown this a couple times, but I'll show you again. Um, ETH roadmap. If I can find this, here we go. They have updated this slightly since I tweeted, but this gives you a rough idea. Um, in fact, I'm going to Google ETH roadmap for Talic on Google and give you the most latest, latest, up to date roadmap, which is this. Here we go. So the merge, then the surge. Um, the surge is the next, uh, the next event that's happening. Then you've got the scourge, um, the scourge, then the verge. Then the purge, then the splurge. So this is the, the 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 current roadmaps we have outlined for the next few years. I think this will probably take a decade to complete, but we're currently in this second phase now, where we are doing EIP 4844 into rollups. That's the next step. Um, ZK EVMs as well uh, are currently being developed, and then once that is done, they can get to a goal of one hundred and hundred thousand TPS. I don't think I don't think that, that they'll get there straight away without proper roll up implementation. Of course, that'd just be crazy. Um, and then you have yeah more upgrades coming over time. Um, and and I'm not you know a tech head. I'm not necessarily a dev, but um, I mean all of these are equally as important to achieving Ethereum's final goal of ultimate scalability. AR, let's chart AR. Um, because AR is one I'm... Like, long-term, I'm not bullish on... Long-term, I am bullish on tokens, but what, what I mean by that is long-term, I'm not... Long-term, I'm not comfortable holding a lot of tokens. But AR is one that I am comfortable holding. Um, and we did bounce off our level at 9.7. We actually just missed, and then we bounced. And AR is looking pretty damn bullish, yeah. and th- And then also we bounced off our mid-range level so a r um crazy how like accurately, by the way, these levels are played out like I've even surprised myself recently, like it's been nuts um and I think that's just because we've played the trend. It's been bullish, so we've had um we've had levels that have been in line with that trend, and you know if you just trade the trend, it's very hard to lose, and same in a bear market, if you trade that trend the other way, it's hard to lose um but for a r yeah you've got resistance now coming in at the 17 to 18 dollar level, which is quite far away actually. So there's not much in the way of a of a sustained move to the upside here. So maybe AR is one that can pump. Render's been pumping recently. So AI pumped, right? And then um, computing power like Render started pumping. Now what's next in that rotation? Could it be storage and indexing protocols? It may very well be. So maybe Filecoin and AR get a bit of a catch a bid. Because AR hasn't really pumped much. Off the bottom, what's it pumped? 98%. I mean that's quite a lot. That that is quite a lot admittedly. But since what I meant is since this breakout um it hasn't really pumped much. 21%. Ethereum's I think 15, Phantom was 30. So so it's in that in that realm, right? Um but it's still, you know, decently away off its pre-merge um pump which was I mean another 50% away. So AR definitely got my eye on it. Um this could be an interesting play. Of course the best entry for this was at the levels that we pre-specified uh, at $10. Um, But long-term, yeah, this is one one I'm pretty comfortable holding. Has everyone already forgotten the regulatory issues? No. This year is going to be full of regulatory headwinds. But I think it's important to realize that in the midst of regulation, new trends are born. And I think it was a huge reminder to people that the reason we're in crypto is because of the decentralization aspect. And decentralization is the exact reason why crypto was invented and is the exact way that you can sidestep and avoid a lot of these regulatory issues. Now, fiat on-ramps are obviously going to be controlled by the governments. That's huge um, for crypto adoption. But they can't stop Bitcoin. They can't stop Ethereum. They can't stop these immutable decentralized networks. So although it was bearish in the short term and it will continue to cause panic at times, long-term, I think it can be a net positive for the space. Um and it was definitely an excuse for people to flip bearish. And it was definitely an excuse for a sell-off. And I think this is a good lesson. The market always finds an excuse for price to move how it wants to move. And price action will show you where it wants to go. But oftentimes, news is the indicator um, or the lead, uh, or the lagging indicator Sorry for why a move take, takes place. And the whole regulatory thing gave bears a reason to be euphoric. Um And then CPI came out and some of the at least short-term headwinds were alleviated and it, that gave people a reason to be um, bullish again. So you can't trade too much. Uh, you can't get chopped up too much because of this news because the market wants a reason to... Uh, manipulate, manipulate you and 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 wreck you. Like the market, that's what these whales do. They want to wreck people. That's why it wouldn't be surprising if we got a huge pump. Um, because let's say we went to twenty eight k, right? Let's just do a thought experiment here. I mean, twenty eight. So you guys are watching this show, right? We have around one thousand three hundred people watching right now. If we go to twenty eight k, what happens to the retail that's not in the market? I mean, they flood in. I could just imagine this show having 5,000 live viewers right now. The people that were out of the market for the last year and haven't been interested like a lot of you have been, they're going to start coming back in and flooding back in. And a lot of those retail, they're going to get trapped because a lot of people are going to start saying, if we push up to 27, 28, we're in a new bull run, we're going to 50K again. We're in a new bull run, we're going to all-time highs. And then that starts to play out and people start to get really bullish and retail pours in and then bang, they manipulate you and the price tanks because they want those people to get sucked into the market so they can use them as liquid exit liquidity. And this could happen, which is why, you know, you have to be very careful, not believing things, um, believing things, taking things at face value. And it's the exact same thing with the reg news. And it could also be the same with huge pumps. FOMO will be crazy. As you said, John, like it will literally cause massive, massive, massive FOMO if that happens. And I'm just warning you guys now to not fall into that trap. You know, you should be taking damn profits Uh, at 28k and to be honest if you're in huge gains right now from some of your trades from 21k then yeah take profits on some of them take half or take you know a third I don't know take something or at least have a stop set in place for if we do break key levels and you can look at my levels right now but you can also make your own and if we do break some key levels um, then you can look to de-risk a little bit and of course we also have our range levels as well so yeah yeah that's the thing as well um, Phil like even just going to 28 like the opportunities in alts is mind-blowing. Like there's 100 Xs on the table, 50 Xs on the table, there's all sorts of Xs on the table if you, um, if you go there. Now, I don't necessarily know if we will. I don't need to predict this either because I have my levels and I know the plan. Um, and I can qu- very quickly be adaptive and de-risk if things start to look bad. So you just have to have your eye on the technicals here and pay attention and stay in tune because this right now is a trader's market and this is a narrative game. This isn't a long-term. Let's just buy and huddle game right now. Now, for some people, it might be, but for me, it isn't. And I think it's too. It's just. It's, it's a crazy time. Um, so this is really, really, really a game of staying adaptive. Adaptivity is your number one skill right now that you need to master. Because if you get too caught up in one, um, one, thought process or, or uh, mindset, it's very easy to get boxed in. And we we've, we've seen that happen to Capo. Capo. I mean, fair play to the guy. He called 40, down to 15. But the problem is he didn't see um, this cup and handle forming. So massive cup and handle and, and, and then a breakout. He, he ignored that. Then he ignored a, what was clearly v- very bullish price action of, of a consolidation, then breakout. And then also ignored the fact that we, that we held at key levels. Um, this is all higher lows, higher lows, higher lows, higher lows. You can't call that a bull trap, a bull trap, because... Um, I mean, he called it a bull trap at like eighteen thousand or nineteen thousand. You can't call that a bull trap that early. You have to wait to see how price action reacts first. You can call it a bull trap a bit later, sure. You can call it a bull trap maybe at twenty five, um, if price action's suggesting that we're going to come back down. Which, by the way, right now it isn't until we get a top formation. That's not how I'm trading. Yeah, he just called it way too early, and the problem with that is he was kind of stuck in that. Uh, we've been going down for so long and I've been right for so long that, oh, I must be right again. You know, I've got to be, I've been right the last five times. I've got to be right again. And it's, and it's wrong. He wasn't adaptive. He didn't have adaptivity. The best traders, and I think some of the best traders that I've seen are um, like trader, like XO and, and, some, and CryptoCred on Twitter. Those traders, you know, trader XO, for example, he's generally bearish. He's generally bearish this year. But when he saw major breakouts, he was very quick to take advantage to flip long. So you can be bearish and long, like you can be bullish and short. It's all about adaptivity. And if you have adaptivity, you'll be a much better trader than someone that's very stagnant. Now, sometimes conviction is important. Sometimes having a thesis and, and sticking to a plan is important as long as the fundamentals um, don't change. When I say adaptivity, I don't mean changing your thesis every five minutes. I mean taking new information into account and altering your original thesis or validating or confirming your original thesis. So if you have a, a pretense that we're going into an the next bull run because of this happening to rate hikes, like you think there's going to be, um, you, you, know, you think rate hikes are going to stop. If rate hikes don't stop and that goes against your original theory, then your original theory needs to change. It needs to adapt based on the new information. And technicals are a form of new information. If you get a breakout of a key level and then confirmation, and then you also see that in tandem with breakouts in other sectors, then maybe that's a sign that you have to switch your thesis, um, that you have to adjust your original thesis. And Carl does this very well. Carl does this as well. Carl was, you know, he's freaking bearish Carl for a long time, um, you know, and he's been re- reasonably bullish lately. To be completely honest, like he's been reasonably bullish if you watch his shows, and that's because he's very adaptive. So, yeah, it, th- this is the time to be to be in, um. Okay. Look, I don't like hearing stuff like this. <laughs> I don't think prices will ever come down again. They will come. Trust me. They'll come down again. Trust me. They'll come down again. But while the music's playing, we dance. While the music's playing, we dance. And when the music stops, <laughs> then we stop dancing. That's for sure. But the music's playing now. So let's dance. Let's have fun. Let's enjoy the party. And then um, at some point, Prices will come down back down again, but that, but you know, shorting this is a bit of a dangerous game. I think the 25k short's okay. Actually, it's a bit of a scalp short. I don't, I don't actually mind it. But in terms of like, you know, serious like building a, a large short position or an oversized short position, I mean, it's a that's a pretty dangerous game in a bullish trend. And that's kind of why I said, you know, um, on the daily chart, you know, as long as we're above the 200 MA, generally, unless it's a very short term trade. But generally, I'm more interested in longing than I'm short than shorting. Um, that is generally your indicator for bullish price action. I mean, it, it's just so clear. Time and time again, like look at this. Um, successful uh, retest of the 200MA, huge breakout, retest, huge breakout. We've had a couple instances of fake outs, um, but then we've also seen the opposite be true for breakdowns and then um, massive downside, breakdowns, massive downside, breakdowns, huge legs of downside. And then now we're in a scenario where we've had a breakout, um, which is an indicator of of upside. So if you trade those um, to that 200 MA on the daily, you've actually generally done quite well. Generally, you, you've caught the market trend. Um, and even back down here in 2020, the the final retest of the 200 MA was the indicator that we were getting another bull run. That was that indicator. Um, but sure, it's not always foolproof because then you know you do miss out on that uh, that like 40% move down before. The confirmation, so it's not a foolproof indicator, but it is just uh, a reasonable indicator of where momentum lies. And since we're momentum traders, you have to work out where momentum is. And I'm gonna head off now because there, I've, 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 I've got to check my positions. I gotta, I gotta manage my portfolio. There's a lot happening in the market right now, so I gotta get up to speed. I woke up early this morning for the show to plan for you guys, but I have to get up to speed again because seems like things are changing so quick. Um, Remember, there's links in the description to OKX if you want that $10,000 mystery box. So if you sign up for an account deposit $50, you can win up to $10,000. Of course, we also have the um, BitGet and the Bybit Rolex giveaways. You've got 14 more days to win a Rolex. So there's links in the description to that. And if you do want to swap anything on a DEX, especially if you're getting involved with this airdrop hunting stuff, KyberSwap is a very logical place to trade. There's a link to that. So everything you can need in the description. Thank you guys for ch- chilling with me today. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. I'm going to be live tomorrow to give you an update on all this stuff. Um, and I'm also going to do some more research into sectors like um the decentralized gambling space i want to take a look at gaming um because that's stagnated actually in the midst of this pump and i think that's an interesting discussion as well um but until the next one i will see you later i'm trying to find these banners because um my producer pal is not here so i can't even find the i'm so bad at navigating Streamyard. i can't even find the 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 outro banners to play where are they i don't even know so i might just need to end i might just need to end the show um Oh no, I got it, I got it, I got it. All right, I'm going to see you guys in the next one. See you later. Peace out, guys.